Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. This week we're talking to Mark about young horses and how we can introduce them to some of our new tools and ideas and concepts in our human world. The first question comes from Jamie and she says, do you have any tips, Mark, for introducing a young horse, in this case a yearling thoroughbred, to a hose? She'd like to be able to give her horse a hose down when he comes off the float. She knows he's going to be a bit sweaty because it's summer here in Australia and we are hot. So you may see in some of my videos, um, you know, getting a horse to move towards anxiety. So you can start to get your horse, you know, if you've done a good amount of leading with your horse and your horse is coming through with the lead really nice and trusting the lead rope, that's that's super important. Forwards and backwards, you know, get it, get that soft. There's no point trying to introduce your horse to scary things and it's still, you know, you know, challenged by the boundaries of pressure and things like that. So, and then I'll just, you know, in a, like, cause a hose is not free as much as a, you know, holding a bit of a flag or something that can, or a bit of something on a stick that can kind of get the horse a little bit aroused with its, with its, with it, you know, make it a bit nervous and then, and then, um, encourage it to push back and come forward. So get something that kind of challenges the horse a little bit, makes him go, Ooh, that, I'm not sure about that. And just practice in, a, in an area where you just, you know, you're leading the horse, you loosen the rope a little bit, and then you kind of create that little bit of I'm a bit wary. Now, make sure when you're creating that I'm a bit wary sort of, you know, bit of a shake of a flag or something like that, the horse has got room to take some steps backwards. It's important that the horse learns that can back away from the danger as well. So with the young ones, you get them to rock back so many steps. And then as they're rocking back and they're going, oh, I'm not sure about that, you pick up the lead rope. And then that'll put pole pressure on them. And then they take a step forward while there's that scary thing. Obviously, don't overwhelm them and throw them back full speed and then just pull on them. Just enough that they can go, oh, I'm not sure about that. And they start backing and then you then you take up the feel. They'll feel the boundary. They'll wriggle a little. And you just keep a, a, a consistent pressure there till they step forward until they get a little worried. But then they'll just rock forward in that pressure and come forward. And then it gets them more curious anyway because they're coming towards the danger and they realize as long as they can't run away from danger and they start to come towards the feel a bit and then go towards danger and it doesn't attack them, then it they get more confident. So you get them to a stage that they can follow the flag while it's waving, even get closer to it till it's nearly at their nose and they're like, oh, wow, that you know, I can walk up to that. And, and, and don't let them sniff it straight away, you know, because you want them still a bit nervous of it, but it's more that they can come through with the pressure of the rope when they've got something worry, worrying them in front. And then basically... You know, you put the flag in different positions and things like that, almost like where you'd put the the water of a hose. And then you go and get a long hose, you connect it up, um, you know, to your tap, go out in an area, put the hose on a tap where you've got some a fair bit of room to work your horse and take the hose till it's full extension so you actually can walk, you know, all the way back towards towards where the, where the tap is. And you just start... Um, walk back you just do the same thing you put the hose at just a little bit on the ground and just hose the ground a little bit so the horse can see hear the hose see the water coming out it'll push back and remember it's already learnt that oh there's a bit of worry in front of me i can step forward and then you just get it to come towards the hose a little bit while while you're walking back a little bit the horse is coming towards it 
And then you just slowly decrease the gap between you and the horse until the horse is like, ooh, you know, I'm very close to that water. And the water's just spraying on the ground. And it might come and sniff the water a little bit that's coming out. And you don't have it on full, you know, have it have a fair, you know, you just have the water on a slow pressure where it's just enough water that they can feel it. And then you get them to come towards it, follow it. And then slowly you just start to, you know, if they've sniffed it a little bit, sometimes if it's on low pressure, they'll sniff and they'll touch the water and they'll be, uh, you know, okay with that. And then you just gently walk them until you can just, you know, touch the, the you know, just the, just their, their, um, just their hooves a little bit. So you just let them touch, you let it touch their feet a little bit. And, you know, they might step back a bit and then you take the hose away a bit, then you get them to walk forward. So they're kind of almost walked forward till they've touched the water. You know, you haven't just kind of squirted them and held them until they stood still. And and just, yeah, get them to walk past the hose on the side, one side, walk past the other while it's hosing until you'll find that you can get up one leg and then slowly, but surely, as long as they can move backwards and then they can definitely move forwards really softly and they're not frozen and you keep them in movement whilst you're just introducing it to them, then they'll start to follow the feel of the rope more than just get away from that hose. And, and slowly but surely, you just sort of, with graded exposure, you'll get right down the horse all the way to their hip. Um, but it's really good to get them to walk by in a straight line past it. So, 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 you know, you can, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to hose their back leg and they're just, you know, spinning around trying to face up all the time. And for those people who have done a lot of, you know, disengage your hip face up exercises, you, you want to get them walking past you in a straight line and get the horses nice down the sides before you introduce them to hoses too. And if that interests, if that pricks up your ears, of course, there are videos specifically on that on our online Membership. Um, so talking about getting a horse to, you know, lead really well, following a feel, the next question comes from Shell. She would like to know what the next step is because she's been getting her six-year-old standard bred to follow a feel coming forward and he's doing it really well on a walk. But how do you, she wants to know, how do you increase the energy now consistently to do more than a walk but without driving pressure? In regarding driving pressure, like, there's some horses can cope with a little bit of drive, like you know, you 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 put them on lunge, you bang your leg, you you think forward, you lift up your energy a bit, and they go forward and they trot around and they and they're okay with it. And sometimes I'll even do that with horses. But the reason why I encourage people to focus on good quality leading and get that better first, and when they get their horse out and wanted to travel past a walk is because you get a lot of heavy horses still don't follow the feel well in the lead rope. They still kind of brace in the lead. They still don't back up and come forward really softly. And then because we want to get them to sort of travel, we kind of end up relying on drive, and that's the only tool we got. And then because they're still heavy, they go out fast and they get worried, and then we have to pull them, and then they're still braced. And and then um, though you get quick results and you get the horse going, well, the problem is is – you could end up relying on it too much and then all of a sudden the horse doesn't like going out on a circle or something like that. So because you've got a standee and if it was a standee that's been paced, uh, even the, you know, they have a very big wall in front of them between the walk and whatever they're going to offer you after that, which could be a trot or a pace. Some, some have still got a natural trot, but they've been so mechanically taught to pace that they – so they get worried. Got to remember it at the races, they were sort of so adrenalized that they just went out in the carts and they straight to pace, bang, a lot of energy, 
lot of worry, bang, straight pacing. But by the time you've sort of led them and got them soft, they're in this kind of calm walk. And then they go, oh, oh there's the pace. Oh. And so so a normal sort of, like they're normal horses, sorry, but a, a horse that hasn't been taught or mechanically taught to place with, with the leg ropes and everything like that, they just have don't they don't have a big wall between walk and trot because it's just a free gate for them that just happens naturally. So the paces are always going to have more trouble getting into the the pace. It's just like a, there's a real sticky spot spot right after. And a lot of people that's got a pacer out there will probably go, yeah, when I'm lead, I get to the fast walk, but the horse just kind of pulls at the point that it needs to break from walk to whatever's next. Could be pace, could be trot. Okay, so. Be patient, but not patient and just wait because it's not going to happen with just waiting. It has to happen with education, but you have to be a little bit patient and not jump them into it too quickly because otherwise they're just going to go fast walk, worry, boom, pace. So to get, so don't worry about necessarily the trot straight away. Just worry about how softly your horse comes through with the lead rope. So don't worry about getting past you out on the circle for a bit. Just get it to... Um, just get it to go from like a standstill or a slow walk to accelerate into the up to the fast walk really softly so you can slow down and then pick up that feel and the horse just comes, yes, I can come through in that walk and there'll be the wall that you hit at the top of the fastest walk and the horse will go, that's about enough there. But then you drop it back a gear and then come up again and drop it back and come up again. So So you can just feel nice, smooth leading and what usually happens as you go down and come back up and as you go down and come back up the horse will get a bit more confident and then all of a sudden it'll gently go I just might trot or I might just offer a bit of a pace and then it offers a bit of a pace um, so you can you can get a little bit like of, of, of um, a bit more desire and energy in the horse by carrying a little flag and just popping it on your leg as you're leading just to get it to wake up and come through but focus on the nice quality leading up, leading up, and then the horse can lead past your shoulder at a walk and go all the way past without any worried spots. And you'll find on the lead line, before you send it out, if it, if it can go from walk all the way through and then find the find its way softly into trot and then come back down into slow walk and back up into trot, do that 50, 100 times until there's no kind of wall that you feel the horse crashing into at the top of the walk then you're ready to say, now go past me and then start to sort of pick up pick up the lead and, and maybe, you know, lift the lead and create a bit of energy with the flag to get that horse to travel forward past you and and get into a, a trot or something like that that you want where, where you want it to go out on a circle or something like that. But if you work on that transition just in the leading uh, a lot more, then when you get out on the circle, you won't have to kind of – so because if you use driving pressure too early and they've got that wall of worry at the top of walk, you'll kind of punch them out like a cannonball and then they'll be like – and they'll start to pace around you and get all worried. So that's why that transition in leading is really important, you know, and, and you get the softness in the walk, the confidence in the walk at the transition and, and the really nice flow, and then the horse will slowly get the confidence to get into that next gear. It just takes a little bit longer with them. You know, some of the horses that haven't been taught to pace, you can sort of, you know, when they get a little heavy between walk and trot, you can just pop the flag on your leg. They'll pull back a bit, but then they'll pop into that trot. And after doing that 10 or 20 times, they're nice and fluent. Whereas the paces, you've got to do more of that lead them up to the boundary, back them off a bit, lead them up, and you'll find that that just dissipates itself. But you just give them that bit more time. 
starting horses. In this case, a two-year-old youngster who's been really well handled, but not in your way of training. What videos should its owner Anna watch and in what order to help with this? She's finding that he's really sensible 90% of the time, but then is terrified of water and a few other odd things. And at those times, his training goes completely out of the window and he will barge into her. He's normally very light with pressure and release, but she's missed something because when he gets worried, he just forgets everything and is hard to control. Any tips for Anna? Okay. I mean, there's so many videos out there from even the first foal handling leading videos that I'd recommend for everybody, which is just getting the horses to follow the feel of a lead rope. And in those videos, you'd start to kind of, you know, it just goes right back to sort of, hey, can you look at me with the feel of a lead? Can you step with me with a bit of a feel lead? Introducing the back up to young horses and things like that. And you'll see in those lessons, I'm not using a lot of driving pressure. I'm using more, you know, follow the feel. And there's one particular lesson, which I, I think is a, a must I think, uh, and someone recommended it on another question that just came through on the um, the, the, the Facebook members, and, and I thought it was really good of them to sort of pick that particular video series uh, for, for, for young horse handling, and that's the Coco series. And just for the people who aren't familiar with it, it's, it's me spending, um, you know, three or four lessons just standing and getting her to free up under the chin and just start to stop wriggling and bracing. And I... It could be as boring as, you know, watching paint dry for some people because it's kind of like the same thing for three lessons or so. But it just shows you that you have to commit to one thing for a while to get some of that brace and wriggle out of horses. And there's so many ways in, in you know, driving pressure techniques to stick up the ribs, uh, a, a breaching rope just to sort of, you know, if the horse doesn't lead to the pole pressure and, and, and find. And all those things will get a horse moving forward. But. In, in my experience, the ones that come to clinics that are really stuck, you still got to go back to that basic and say, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to move this halter and, and you're going to find your balance in it. So so with that Coco video, it really shows you, you know, where you really want to, you know, how, how much wriggle the horse can have and where you want to get them to and how accurate you want them to be in that lead rope. So everything after that gets really easy. And then if you've done that, you'll find that when the horse is not a release hunter, it's a feel follower because they've done all that because basically they've wriggled, they've felt the boundaries. You've just stayed in there until they've just followed the feel. And what, what it should feel like is, you know, you can imagine yourself, I put a blindfold on you, we're best friends, I take you by the hand and I'm going to lead you to a surprise. Um, and you're confident with my hand that I'm not going to lead you and, and do something nasty to you. So, you know, when you just trust someone to hold their hand, now they're holding your hand, but they're not. Um, they're holding your hand, but they're not flinching away from the pressure. And a lot of horses they lead, but they're just flinching to get away from the pressure until the next pressure comes, so they can find the next release. Whereas a horse that follows a feel, it's just following the path of least resistance. But the feel and the boundaries and the idea of being with the feel is always there, so they don't end up release hunters where the where the pressure worries them, and then they got to get that release. So. What I really want you to, you know, think about is those, those videos of that basic leading really sets them up to be confident in the thing that you grab for all the time or your time up with, and that's that lead rope. And then you go into the sort of young horse, you know, videos, some of the older ones, there's there's stuff, there's, there's you know, as you go through all the videos, there's older videos of me starting Duchess and, 
you know, there's stuff in there that I still do all the time, but then there's some newer starting ones that you'll see that have got a few new things. We're doing a bit more belly rope stuff with these horses and yeah, but, but um, anything that's to do with the young foals, the, the, the starting, and then you go through the problems that people have in horses because you'll find if there's certain like key key words that you use, you know, your horse gets anxious all of a sudden, you know, there's certain key things you'll see in horses because all the videos out there, they're not designed to give you anybody a program. They're just there to sort of say, um, this is what I did with this particular horse. Now, I don't necessarily want everyone to do exactly that lesson with all their horses. Just see if their horse uh is is similar and that lesson will suit their horse and use a bit of discretion in that so so yeah but um and regarding the scared to water and stuff like that if the horse can trust the lead rope and think through a lead rope really softly you've got a tool to guide it then and and, and obviously they've got to trust you and the connection that they have have with you but the bound the, the lead ropes that 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 uh, that tool that offers clear boundaries and pathways for that horse to think through so once you've got that established, you take them to sort of slightly scary things and you stand there with the long lead rope and get them to walk up to it. You know, when they've got a thought away, the lead rope blocks that thought, gets them to let go of it. But then when they get curious again, the lead rope goes loose and they can think about, you know, what's ahead of them. And the other thing with any scary things like water and stuff like that, you're trying to encourage an environment where the horse has got room to get two eyes on, one eye on two eyes on and a longer rope that they can back off a little they can come forward a little and and they can work their way up to sniffing those things without putting too much pressure and it's paramount for all horses when they go across scary things like obstacles that they don't get pushed across it fast the first time because once you start a gully jumper then you got a gully jumper once you get a horse to rush on a float then it's taught to avoid the scary thing and just get to the other side um, they have to think about the scary thing and slowly assess it, process it as they cross it. If you jump things too quickly, then 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 you're going to have to fix it because one day they'll they'll try and leap a three or four meter, you know, you know, creek, and end up sort of hurting themselves or you in in the process. So, you know, give them time to process those scary things and put their foot in, sniff it, all that sort of stuff, and that's really important. Okay, and the next question is with riding. Once you get onto their backs, it comes from Andrea. She says that she's noticed that when you start young horses, your first ride is always in a rope halter. Her question is, why? What's well, what's the benefit of changing to a bitted bridle? Can you just continue to ride in a rope halter indefinitely? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like over the years, like I, when I first started taking on horses, I, I didn't really know much about side pulls. I just, you know, the holders and there was bosels and, you know, little work bosels and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the whole bosel together would be a hackamore and there was softer ones and stuff. And and then there was like I used to sort of start them for the snaffle bit because everyone sort of rode in a snaffle bit. Uh, so I always just used a halter. Now, now Nowadays my preference is... Uh, in riding is I'll do a bit in a holder because I'm always leading them in a holder and I still want them to understand it and be able to think into a holder left and right. You know, when people do their long, their long, their, their, their groundwork, they sometimes put cavissons on because the cavisson bends to the true shape that the bend's going to be when, they, when they're pulled on. But uh, because the horses are soft and a bit, for, the, the, sorry, the halters are, are soft and a bit more forgiving than a bosal, 
they don't actually, you know, do as much damage in the sense of the bosal wanting to pull this way and the horse's head needing to go with that, but the rein's going the other way. So I, I find that if you like riding in a holder and you can do okay in it, that's fine. You get more um, left and right rein clarity and accuracy in a side pull when you ride, but they're still kind of nice and soft and you can firm up and you can get horses in really good balance without, you know, putting the steel in their mouth and potentially bruising or hurting them. So for, for, for the young horses, um, you know, the, the, a good holder, padded holder or side pull work well. But I'd say for most people who are going to go to normal standard snaffle bit two rein riding, the side pull's much, much, ac much more accurate in the left and right rein. So you'd probably stick to that. And yeah, there is no benefit for, for a lot of horses that I've seen and, 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 and what the people are doing with their horses. There's no need to go to a bit if you didn't want to. Um, you could stay the whole life bitless. It wouldn't be a problem. There are certain benefits and, and, and different things you can do with it, with a bit, but most of the things that people are doing with a bit, you can do in a side pull and get really good results. Um, I won't go into the detail of, you know, being able to pick up one rein and, and the bit just twists in one way and, and, and there's more sensitive areas. So so some people say there's a bit more subtlety and refinement when the horse is at a good stage to go to the bit and, 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 and you can get a little bit more, you know, accuracy there. But a soft horse, it's pretty sensitive. As I say, most people kind of will feel it. They won't know the you, you kind of can't really feel the difference in, in some of them. Right. And the last question for today is from Emma. She's got an update for you. She took her black mare to your clinic in Perth in Western Australia. And that was a mare that had a super strong gaze and thoughts. And now she's doing really well at home. She's soft in her leading at a walk and a trot. She's soft when she rides her in the walk. But, and this is where it starts, it's starting to fall apart a little bit. She's finding that when she goes into a trot, she gets a little bit more tense. She starts to gaze and she loses that softness. So she's doing lots of transitions. She's trying to change direction. But she's noticing that her mare isn't wanting to look into the turns and generally falls back into a walk. She's not gazing at anything in particular and she doesn't seem to have strong thoughts. It, she feels it's more like she's just got a habit of it, perhaps, and she's just sort of slotted into that routine. So she's also noticed that uh, she's been working with her separation anxiety and she can do a little bit of work with her on the ground, going away, coming back, but under saddle. Again, it falls apart. Um, she's realizing that when she goes into the next paddock, she has super strong thoughts back to the herd. So a couple of uh, queries in that one. Uh, is all this groundwork going to transfer to the saddle? And do you have any ideas on how to help her? Yeah, and knowing the mayor, I, I did a clinic just for, you know, all the listeners out there, and I, I quite remember her because um, just talking about bits quickly too is um, – her mum was working with that particular Emma's mum and, and um, was encouraged that uh, that the mare had a shank bit put on her. And um, what happened was is the the mare kind of, I think she got a bit of a fright or a spook as, as, as Emma's mum was getting on and, you know, so pulled the rein, never had a shank bit on, bit twisted in her mouth. You know, the mare nearly flipped over. Well, she did flip over and was an absolute chaos mess big mess and the mum was put in hospital really badly hurt and that's just sort of like you know the things about teaching horses one stage and the next stage and working all the way through not just 
uh, putting a bid in a horse that's never had one. And so just that, just, 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 I sort of mentioned that on that, that horse of Emma's. And so unfortunately for that little mare of Emma's that she's had a big fright as well. And what I noticed when I work her and I had trouble as well, like I, I, I was working hard to kind of keep, get her to let go of strong thoughts, especially when, when she really started to gaze and, and, and she'd get quite, quite anxious. And I, I got the feeling that when she was started, she was kind of allowed to be allowed to gaze while she was operating and, and, and it became a habit. So getting her to let go of those strong thoughts is, is, is quite a bit of a mission, but just be, I'll start off with the walk trot scenario that you've got there is do a lot at the walk and just get her very good at transitioning at the walk, you know, walk into a backup, back up into a turn, turn left, turn right, get her to transition very well from the slow walk to the fast walk, get the legs working so she can go up and back a bit, upper back, and, and just do a lot of transitions. So she's really got to think about what you're asking her, you know, so slow walk, medium walk, back to slow walk, s slow walk to nearly stalling, up to fast walk. All those sorts of things are really going to help her. And then basically, and then and then until she's really ears flicking, thinking about what you're asking, and then when you introduce trot, don't just go trotting. Just say, I want to introduce the transition to trot to you, and you don't even need to trot a, trot a turn. You don't need to trot a, trot a circle, nothing like that. I'm just going to introduce a trot, trot up a little bit, now slow down, back up, now let's step left, and let's go over here and just introduce those trot transitions into her, but very quickly after she trots, get a let go of the idea of trotting and gazing, interrupt her thoughts, back her off, go in a new direction and just wean that trot into her until she's prepared when she goes into trot to possibly be interrupted uh, and she's not getting those long thoughts once she gets into trot. And it might take a little longer. Go through, think really hard how good she is in the walk and, and how well she's transitioning to those other rain things and, and, and leg and, and the leg cues that you're asking. And then, yeah, as I say, introduce trot, but have her prepared to be interrupted from that trot. And then with the separation anxiety and leading her out and taking her out, um, yes, the groundwork stuff will help. Graded exposure, take her away a little bit, get her to um, let let go of the gazes and, and soften with you, have her connected with you, then take her back to her safe place and take her out again and 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 slowly take her further and further out. It's just going to take a bit more time with her. Sometimes you have to get big enough to get her to let go of that primary strong thought and um, and then as soon as she lets go of it and she softens, bring her back to safety. So show her, I'll always take you back to your, you know, some area that you feel more comfortable in, but you have to have gone out a bit and have let go of a strong thought and then I'll bring you back. Don't sort of take her out, let go of a thought, take her further, let go of a thought, take her further. Take her back, reset, go again until she builds more confidence going out with you and she knows that you're not taking away forever and just build that up and that, that'll certainly help. It'll help you obviously because you're doing it on the ground, but that's the same sort of process you, you're going to try and show her when you ride. Uh, and for her, I know the caliber of her and it's a serious thing, but she's a lovely mare and she's a lovely soft mare and underneath she's going to be a real cracker because she's got a nice confirmation. She moves nice. It's just that strong thought when she has anxiety and, and, um, and, and, um, anyone that's dealt with some of those Welshy type breeds, they, they can be cracking little horses 
and some of them big horses, but but you can get some real sensitive, um, really sort of hyper focused ones. And yeah, get them through that can be tough. But once you get them through, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. Best of luck with her, Emma. Let us know how she goes. It sounds like she's a, she's a wonderful mare. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for all your answers, as always. And if uh, any of these sort of questions and, and answers have raised issues for you, you can always jump online to Mark's online membership where there's over 600 videos and you can always have a look at them for free for seven days. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Australia's very own Mark Langley, a horseman with many insights from his decades of dabbling. Jump online to keep learning. marklangley.com.au